It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined for the Chronicles of Nania by the man who this show is named after. He's the resident statner at TurnOnTheJets.com, Gangrene Nation, Elite Sports New York, and JetsInsider.com with a very big deal, Chris Nimbley. Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. That was a really fun Super Bowl that we just watched. I think it was a really good football game with two... Uh, great teams with very different styles. And, you know, we were talking about this before, even though it didn't have those signature moments. It was just a really uh, solid football game back and forth, uh, especially in the trenches. There were so many interesting things. So that was a lot of fun. But we're here to talk about uh, a team that's very far from playing at that <laughs> stage. That game was certainly much more entertaining than last year's snooze fest between the Patriots and the Rams, if nothing else. And we saw Patrick Mahomes, who I thought had a very rough day for the most part, but at the end had enough to help pull it out. And you hope that Sam Darnold becomes the type of quarterback that even on his worst days is able to do things like that. To me, that is the mark of an elite quarterback. When he struggles, he still finds a way at the end to make enough plays. If the team, of course, keeps them hanging around, which the Chiefs did, the Chiefs were only down by 10 points late in the game, and with that offense, you knew that lead wasn't going to be safe. So you hope that Sam Darnold becomes that guy where even if he's struggling, teams say, oh no, a 10-point lead late in the game, that lead's not safe with Sam Darnold at quarterback. But he's got a ways to go before he gets to that point. However... When he came back from injury, which is where we left you in part three of the Sam Darnold project, because now this is going to be part four, we left you with the point in time where he played his last game before injury. And when Sam Darnold went out, we should note that here's what happened to the Jets in the next few games. They got absolutely murdered by the Buffalo Bills at home with Matt Barkley playing quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Then they had the bye. Then they played the Patriots at home, lost 27-13. And the week after that, went on the road and lost the nail-biter to the Titans, 26-22. So Sam Darnold comes back week 14 against the Buffalo Bills. And right off the bat, he made everybody realize that even though he had struggled before the injury, he was still far and away the best option for this team at quarterback because there was a stark difference between him and what we'd seen out of Josh McCown. Yeah, and... Just to get that three-game example uh, that year, obviously Darnold went into that uh, into the injury struggling with that Miami game, Chicago game, and the Minnesota game, which we talked about last time. But to get that three-game set where we saw what the team looked like without him, and we got that this year as well in 2019, but to get that set of games was a, a really interesting way to just look at, uh, just compare how the team func- uh, functioned without him versus with him and kind of gave you a look at his value. The team was 
just lethargic without him against Tennessee, even though that game was close. They had the one pick six. They only scored 15 points in that game against uh, the Bills. I believe they scored 10 points. Then against the Patriots, I think they scored 10 points. So the offense did absolutely nothing. Uh, They were pretty uncompetitive other than that Titans game, of course, which again, they had a defensive touchdown and they blew the lead. But the offense did absolutely nothing without him. And, you know, while he was in there, even though he finished uh, pretty cold over those last few games, there were a few games here and there where they just exploded. The Colts game, the Broncos game, uh, the opening game against the Lions. They had some really good offensive games. And the three games without him, they just become a complete mess. So he comes back and they're playing on the road against a really good Bills defense. Obviously, the Bills were not a good team that season because their offense was terrible. But defensively, they're really good. I think they were third in DVOA in 2018. So he's playing on the road. Buffalo is always a tough place to play against a really good Bills defense. Uh, This is actually the coldest game that he's ever played in to this point. Obviously coming from California, growing up there, playing USC. So a tough situation for him uh, coming right back in with a struggling team against on the road against a good opponent. And he played really well. And the, really the tough circumstances started early. He got knocked out of this game, uh, missed one drive, I believe. Josh McCown replaced him, but he came right back. Uh, and like you said earlier when we were just kicking off that, you know, if he's going to be an elite quarterback, it's about being able to make the other team feel like that no lead is safe. And in this game, the Jets were trailing uh, 17 to 6, and they ended up winning. So I, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest comeback that he's made. Uh, in his career in terms of uh, the score. So they did make an 11-point comeback in this one, uh, and he really played well overall. He In this game, it was all about the splash moments. He, his consistency was solid in this one, but he had some really nice plays in this game. Obviously, the highlight uh, was that scrambling touchdown to Robbie Anderson. Uh, that was the most yards. They showed the uh, the advanced stats from NFL uh, next-gen stats on, t- uh, on the highlight the next week. And they played the Texans that uh, this was the most yardage ever run by a quarterback in the since they've been tracking these. I believe it was uh, maybe five years before this uh, before 2018. The most yards that a quarterback has run on a touchdown pass. So that was incredible. Uh, Really the best example of his mobility that we've seen in his career. Uh, He had that really good, well-placed deep route on the vertical down the sideline to Robbie Anderson to set up the game winning touchdown later on. Uh, he had a nice scrambling throw to Quincy Nunwa. He hit Chris Herndon on a corner route. He had some very good throws uh, in this game. So that was really uh, the story of this game. It was a tough environment, and he made a lot of good throws in tough situations. So this was a great performance for him uh, coming right back from the injury, seeing the team struggle without him. Uh, definitely, uh, it set the tone for the way he would finish the season for sure. Not a ton of pass attempts, but the ratio of positive to negative plays is back to where it had been when he was having that good stretch earlier in the season. 15 positive plays to 8 negative plays. And if you look at the box score, it's interesting because it doesn't jump out at you. 16 of 24, 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 71.8 QBR, 83.7 quarterback rating. But as you said, this is exactly why you need to jump in and watch the tape because if you took a look at it, you would see that as we had said in reverse when he played against Miami before getting injured, you saw all the bad things, all the things that you were worried about coming out of USC that needed to be fixed. In this game, you saw all the good things, all the positive traits, making those throws on the run, throwing it to tight windows, spreading the ball around. He looked like the guy that the Jets were hoping that they were going to get out of USC. The box score didn't reflect it, but if you looked and saw 
all of the plays in their totality, he was really starting to show you that maybe the best thing that ever could have happened to him was not necessarily getting injured, but taking a break at that point in the season because he looked like a completely different quarterback. Yeah, and I think the reason the box score doesn't look all that good for this game, and his final stats were 16 for 24, uh, so that's pretty efficient, but only 170 yards, so that's 7.1 yards per attempt, which is slightly below average, it's okay, but only an 84 passer rating. So I think the reason that this game, the stats don't look too good, is he didn't get too many yards after the catch. Uh, 60% of his yardage in this game was through the air. The league average is 50-50, so that goes to show that uh, most of it, again, most of his yards was through the air. There weren't really any screen passes pumping up his stats or any broken tackles by the receivers. Uh, and, and really the bottom line is that regardless of what the yardage totals are, you just want the quarterback to be able to make the best decision and execute it to the highest level. And that's what he was doing for the most part in this game. He did have one bad interception where uh, he was scrambling to the right. He was towards the sideline, tried to force one. Uh, over the top to Chris Herndon and you know it was a decent idea if he could have made a good throw to Chris Herndon it would have been a really magical play he was open for a potential big gain but it was a really tough situation uh, to actually get enough power under it to complete that throw so he way under through it and it was picked off so that was the one mistake but overall he was really solid in this game and had uh, some of the best moments of his career uh, in this game just throwing outside the numbers throwing deep the scrambling uh, some great examples in those areas in this game. And this is the stretch that would really begin to show the chemistry was building between Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson. And as we look ahead to free agency, we should keep this in mind. But Robbie Anderson had four catches for 76 yards in a very productive day. Yeah, and some of those, most of those highlight moments uh, were to Robbie Anderson. I think he had one nice corner route to Robbie. Obviously, the scrambling touchdown was to him as well. And that's something that Robbie has unlocked. With Sam Darnold, he was never a red zone threat at all before 2018. But then in this game against Buffalo and the following week against Houston, which we'll talk about next, he had back to back weeks with a a five yard. Well, he did have a red zone touchdown actually against Miami in 2017, but I believe that was about 20 yards out. But short yardage, he was never doing that. So he had, I believe it was from five yards out against Buffalo on that scrambling touchdown. The next week he had one against Houston. And then we saw a couple this year in 2019 so they've actually been able to get that out of Robbie Anderson with Sam Darnold under center and this play was again one of probably the best maybe I think you could argue the best play of Darnold's career maybe not necessarily the best throw but just the effort uh, for him to run I think 20 yards away from the goal line they lined up at the five Uh, that was a really great scramble and the throw was good too because uh, he was scrambling to the left had to place it just enough inside to get it away from Tredavious White, and and Robbie did a good job, too, separating, uh, because that's what a scrambling quarterback does for you. It gives the receivers uh, time to separate from the the DBs and basically play playground football and just uh, try to get themselves open, because it's very difficult to cover a guy man-to-man that long. So great job by Anderson there. Uh, Obviously, he hauled in the the go route towards the end of the game. I think it was about a 31-yard pass, perfectly placed over the shoulder deep ball, from Darnold, maybe the best go route that he's thrown in his career. He's had some really good ones, and but this one was up there. It was absolutely perfect over the shoulder towards the sideline. So uh, the four catches for 76 yards, very good line, not the most ridiculous ever, but the catches he did make in this game were really big-time plays. So uh, that's basically the story of this Buffalo game. Uh, his average po- The average score I gave him on his positive plays in this game was a 6.24. That's the second highest of his rookie seasons, so that basically shows that when he was doing 
positive when he's making positive plays, they tended to be really good plays. And also his average negative play was only scored a 3.91. That was third best of his rookie season. So that basically shows that when he's making mistakes, they weren't too much his fault. They weren't weren't too detrimental. He wasn't missing wide open throws or things like that. Just minor mistakes. So the fact that he avoided he did have the one interception, but other than that, uh, was very accurate and made some high level plays in this game. Uh, it was very promising to see him come back, especially with the way uh, that the team played without him and then uh, the way that he entered that injury stretch with those tough three games. So it is really rejuvenating for him to come back after those tough three games and, and then also to see uh, him come back and score, lead the Jets to scoring 27 points on the road against a really good Bills defense after the way they played without him was very promising. A really strong score here on the Nannius scale is 73, which puts it right in there with the performances against both Indianapolis and Denver. So let's talk about how that compares to what PFF gave him for this game. Did they think that it was as strong a performance as you did? Yeah, PFF actually did give Darnold a pretty good grade for this one. They gave him a 72.8 overall, which is pretty solid, a little bit lower than what he got against Denver and Indianapolis, and also uh, a little bit higher than Detroit, what he had in the opening game of the season. So I think they did a pretty decent job here. He didn't put up a good stat line, but PFF does give him uh, the good grade he deserves in this game because he was solid. The next game against the Houston Texans, this was the game that, to me, I watched, and I said, this is the guy that I saw at USC. This is the guy that I was so excited about. More than any other game in his rookie season, and maybe more than any other game that I've seen so far in his career, this was just a fantastic performance. On the positive to negative chart here of plays, 30-8, to which doesn't even tell the story because the positive plays were just so good. So many just phenomenal throws on the run, into tight windows. This was a masterpiece by Sam Darnold. And at the time, I remember thinking it was best of both worlds because at that point, the Jets had been long eliminated from playoff contention and you were hoping that they were going to be able to get into position to get one of the top picks in the draft. So Darnold played phenomenal and still the Jets lost preserving their draft position. I actually remember coming out of this game, Michael, believing that there was a chance that Sam Darnold could be a better quarterback, not necessarily right away, but over the long haul than Deshaun Watson because this was everything you wanted to see from him. Yeah, this one right here is, this is the crown jewel. I think this is still the best game that he's played in the NFL. The Cowboys game is close, but this one is different because the Texans are a great team, much better than the Cowboys were. The Jets were trailing in this game. The protection was a lot worse than it was against the Cowboys. And really just the overall story of this game is how little help Sam Darnold got uh, throughout the afternoon. The pressure rate, 42%, which is very bad. Uh, the run game was terrible. I think they averaged less than three yards per carry if you take out Darnold's runs because that is something he did well in this game. He ran uh, as much as he has in any game, but the run game's terrible. Protection was terrible. Brandon Shell got knocked out, and Shell is bad as it is, but Brent Qualley's even worse, and we saw that in this game, so lost his right tackle. Uh, Jason Myers, I think, missed a field goal and an extra point in this game, uh, so there were so many things going against him. Also, the receiving, too. Robbie Anderson was the top receiver. He played really well in this game, but then he had Andre Roberts, Jordan Leggett, Elijah McGuire to throw passes to, so uh, he had everything going against him. Uh, playing against a really good team. They were trailing early, but 
Uh, this game was all about how much he lifted up this team. The pressure constantly. He was scrambling, making throws on the run. Uh, and again, using his legs, too. I think he picked up three or four first downs uh, running in this game and also had a few other plays uh, where he got some extra yardage that should have been a sack, but turned it into a few yards. This was where this is an example of how well I think he can use his legs uh, when uh, this is just an example of that ceiling in that area, because it's something we didn't really see him do all that much in 2019. Only had six rushing first downs in 2019, had 16 in 2018. And most of those were towards the end of the season, especially in this game. So uh, the fact that his run game took a step back in 2019 was a little disappointing. And I don't know if that's Adam Gase or just the overall play calling mentality, what they're encouraging to uh, encouraging him to do but in this Texans game you really saw that he can do some damage with his legs and it was good damage too it wasn't uh you know some mobile quarterbacks will just run too early bail the pocket try to pick up some yards and it looks good on the stat sheet and on the highlight tape but they could be leaving a bigger passing play out there that's not what Darnold was doing in this game he was uh, picking up that yardage when it was the best play when there was nobody open when the pressure broke down uh, when the pocket collapsed on him that's when he was running, and he was doing it really well in this Houston game. Uh, but throwing the ball, too, he had some of his most amazing plays. Had another great scramble touchdown to Robbie Anderson, You know, moving to his right, juking out a pass rusher, then throwing while in midair to Anderson uh, across his body. That was an incredible play. Uh, and he had this one throw where he took the snap, immediately rolled to the left to avoid J.J. Watt, and just threw this pinpoint throw. It was over an underneath linebacker, over the DB that was covering uh, Robbie Anderson near the sideline, just pinpoint accuracy uh, to let Robbie Anderson go up and get it. Uh, throwing outside the numbers, he is really good. In the red zone, he was good. He had uh, a really nice throw to Rob uh, to Andre Roberts that was just a good anticipation throw, letting him go in the end zone and get it. But just the story of this game is just how throughout there was, you know, most of the time there was at most, if anybody got open, it, there was usually just one receiver open, but Darnold was finding that guy. Uh, with consistency, making the right play time after time after time and completing some really tough throws throughout the entire afternoon. So this was, uh, I still think this is the best game he's played. Uh, 79 grade, it's tied with the Cowboys game from 2019 for the highest I've given him. And this was a pretty flawless game for the entirety until the final drive. He did make some mistakes uh, with the Jets trying to drive to tie the game. Uh, he made some over-aggressive decisions. There were open checkdowns. Jets still had enough time to go down the field and potentially, you know, take their time to tie the score or win the game. But he made some over-aggressive decisions there at the end. So that brought a score down a little bit. But uh, before that, this was about as flawless of a performance as a quarterback can have. Just lifting up a team that had no business competing in this game uh, and just making this a really competitive battle with Houston, a, a team that played really well defensively last year. So we saw the complete package of everything Darnold has to offer in this game. This is this is the best game he's played. The grade, again, is tied with the Cowboys for the best I've given him, but this is the best game he's played for sure. That touchdown throw to Robbie Anderson was unbelievable. And by the way, another big day for Robbie Anderson. As I said, you're starting to see the two of them cook together. Seven catches, 96 yards, and the touchdown that we talked about. And one thing that really struck me about this game, and you look back at the Buffalo game before it, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this in the other two games that we're going to get to between Green Bay and New England, we were worried before the injury about how Darnold seemed to be regressing in a lot of the areas that were concerning for Jets fans going into the season. His footwork, his mechanics, his release, all of that. That started to clear up here, 
And by the time we get to this point, you're not even noticing that. And it seems like, from whatever anybody wants to say about Jeremy Bates, he had really cleaned up Darnold's fundamentals. Yeah, you could definitely see he was so much more composed in this game. And back to the Buffalo game, too, and throughout this entire four-game stretch. Just look like a different quarterback. And you never want to see uh, your quarterback get injured, especially a young quarterback. But in a lot of ways, it did turn out, uh, in hindsight at least, turn out to be beneficial both you know from a fan perspective to get to see how much value he has to this team and then uh, for him to come back and really look like a much more comfortable player and really the way he played this game before that final drive he was on pace to put up a grade of on my scale at least 90 uh, before that final drive he's playing that well and again he made some over aggressive decisions late in the game but you know it's more the fault of the rest of the team that this wasn't a blowout because that's how well he played uh, but of the pressure was really uh, an issue in this game, but he just constantly mitigated it. Uh, he had this one great play to Chris Herndon, scrambling out to his right and took a huge shot. Uh, actually, it was to his left, but he scrambled out, took a huge shot from Jadevian Clowney uh, and hit Herndon right in between the safety over the top, the linebacker underneath, underneath a perfect throw, lofting that over. And it actually reminds you of that play against Miami in week two. It was almost the same situation, and Chris Herndon dropped it when he was wide open is a much more difficult play than this one. Uh, this time Herndon makes the catch. He takes a huge shot in the back just to sign the progress Herndon made throughout that season and the connection those two guys developed uh, throughout those season, because you know, Darnold did not really make as much as many of those classic plays on the run this season in 2019. And I think missing Chris Herndon was a big part of that. Most, I think Chris Herndon was his top uh, receiver on those catches last year. I do have the numbers somewhere, but I'm pretty sure that most, uh, Chris Herndon had more catches on those broken down plays than any other Jets receiver in 2018. So he was a huge part of making that happen. Uh, they had a big, a really good connection uh, on those broken down plays. And that showed in this game as well. So Houston, just the complete Sam Darnold highlight tape, uh, what he can do as a runner, what he can do scrambling, throwing the deep ball in the red zone, anticipation, accuracy, everything was on display in this game. This was an elite quarterback performance. The box scores will show you 24 of 38 for 258 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 85.6 QBR, 100 quarterback rating, all pretty good, but I don't think it really shows you how great he was on this particular day. By the way, worth noting, Michael, he was sacked three times for a total of 25-yard loss. When you consider how under pressure he was all day, that shows you how effective he was with his legs, that he was able to escape and make plays and not get sacked a lot more than that. By comparison, Deshaun Watson, on paper, Better than Darnold on paper. 22 of 28, 294 yards, 10.5 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, 74.1 QBR, 134.2 quarterback rating. But I got to be honest with you, Michael, watching that game, I had no doubt that at least on that particular day, Darnold was the better quarterback. Yeah, he does get a 100 passer rating in this game because he had the two touchdowns and no interceptions, but only 6.7 yards per attempt, which is the reason that this passer rating isn't higher, and that is a below average number in and of itself. But again, for the second straight week, he puts up a yards per attempt number that isn't that good. And I just think that yards per attempt overall over the course of the season, it's a pretty good number to look at for efficiency. But in one game, I think it, in a small sample size like that, one 90-yard touchdown or a play like that can really make your entire day look a lot better. Uh, and But in this case, with these two games against Buffalo and Houston, 
he was just consistently making the right decision. And the fact that those plays didn't get more yards isn't really his fault. He was making the most out of everything that was available. And again, the screen game did not do anything to raise his stats uh, in this game at all. There wasn't too much after the catch. So uh, once again, it, yards per attempt is good, I think, in big sample sizes. But in one game, it can be misleading because uh, there are a lot of ways that a quarterback uh, outside of quarterback's control that can boost that number. Uh, in, in this in these two games, Darnold didn't get that, but he was doing what he needed to do, making the right decisions. And uh, the yardage not being higher isn't really his fault. There just wasn't anything downfield. The screen game wasn't helping him, but uh, he was putting the ball where it needed uh, where it needed to be, very consistent, uh, very consistently. And in this game, actually, the yards after catch even lower than it was against Buffalo the week before. So against the Bills in Week 14, sixty uh, percent of his yards was through the air. And this game against Houston only got 75 yards after the catch. Uh, he threw for a total in this game of 253 yards. So that means that uh, of all of his passing yards, 70% of them were through the air, which is 20% above the league average of 50-50. That's really substantial right there. That is um, one of the no- highest numbers he's put up in his career for sure. I'm pretty sure that is the highest. But uh, when you have a number that high, in terms of percentage of yards through the air, it really goes to show you that the quarterback had a lot on his shoulders that day. And, you know, that doesn't always necessarily mean they played well, but in this case, the fact that he had to shoulder that much responsibility and still played very efficiently through accurately, uh, a great testament to how good he was. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. The next week against Green Bay, he was... Not quite as good, I don't think, but he was electric again against the Packers. The only real downside in this game, Michael, I think, is that there weren't as many wow plays as there had been against the Texans. A lot more of these throws were easier throws, but boy, was he effective 
positive plays, 22 to 12 negative plays. Like I said, the only downside there is that the 22 positive plays weren't quite as positive, quote unquote, as they had been against the Houston Texans the week before. And guess what? Shock of all shocks. Who were his two biggest weapons in this game, Michael? Robbie Anderson, who had the big touchdown catch and nine catches for 140 yards, and Chris Herndon, six catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. So you notice, as Sam Darnold is getting more comfortable with the weapons around him, he's starting to settle in and really make the most of it. And this was a day where Aaron Rodgers played really well, had big box score numbers, but again, for the second straight week, I felt like Sam Darnold was the best quarterback on the field. I thought he was better than Rodgers on this particular day. I thought he was better than Deshaun Watson the week before. And this was once again an example of the best of Sam Darnold and everything that we could have hoped for because he played a fantastic game against the Green Bay Packers here. And also worth noting that, as I had said with Houston, it was best of both worlds because the Jets lost in overtime, but Darnold played fantastic. So the Jets preserved their draft position. Box score numbers for Sam Darnold as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, 24 of 35, 341 yards, 9.7 yards per attempt, which is phenomenal. Three touchdowns, no picks, 78.6 QBR, 128.4 quarterback rating. So the box score here looks stronger than it did the week before, although I think he played better against the Texans. And Rodgers, 37 of 55, 442 yards, 8 yards per attempt, 2 touchdowns, 82.6 QBR, and 103.7 quarterback rating. So he was no slouch either, but very encouraging. And as we said, the upside for a guy like Sam Darnold, the guys that everybody was looking at, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Tony Romo, Andrew Luck, and now Aaron Rodgers. And here you see it. You looked at this in real time and wondered if Packer fans had this feeling watching a young Aaron Rodgers at quarterback when he was first getting going because you saw it all on display for the third week in a row. And this is where Jets fans are getting super excited because if he's putting together stretches like this against some of the league's best quarterbacks you know that he's really heading in the right direction and he's somebody at 21 years old where the sky is the absolute limit yeah so this game was uh, another very good performance from Sam Darnold but like you said not quite as high even though the numbers were really good in this game as you mentioned not quite as great as the Texans game because the Jets did help him out more against the Packers than they did uh, the previous couple weeks so Darnold in week 14 against the Bills had the fifth best QBR of the week against the Texans had the best QBR of the week uh, and against the Packers was, had the 12th best QBR of the week, but a 78.6, which is really good. And was only a few points behind the quarterbacks in front of him. So another great performance, not, and again, not quite as solid as the Texans game because a lot of his yardage in this game was uh, really, the screen game did help him out in this, in this game. And like I said, the past couple games, they didn't really boost up his numbers that much because there wasn't anything going there. But in this one, he did have uh, a lot of beneficial plays uh, that really made his numbers look better. He had a wide-open touchdown pass to Chris Herndon, uh, one to Elijah McGuire as well, one to Robbie Anderson. So his touchdowns weren't really all that impressive. Or they, they were just simple executes, very easy to execute plays uh, where he didn't have to do all that much. And he did have a lot of that throughout this game. But he was very consistent, very smart, didn't turn the ball over. So that was good. And I don't think he had any near picks in this game either. So a uh, good job taking care of the ball. And it was a, a game where they really needed a lot from him too. Green Bay kept scoring again and again. Aaron Rodgers played well in this game. 
So 40 plays from Darnold in this one, uh, the fifth most of this uh, his rookie season. So they definitely needed a lot from him, and he stayed consistent and ultimately led them to 31 points on offense in this game. The One, uh, one of those uh, touchdowns was by Andre Roberts on a kick return, but they did score 31 points, so yet another 30-plus point performance from a 21-year-old rookie quarterback, which is very impressive. So in this game, is all about consistency. He is making the right decision more often than not. Sometimes his accuracy is a little shaky, but uh, overall, especially over the middle, a lot of great plays. Chris Herndon had an amazing one-handed catch in this game, and just overall with Herndon, he had a few really good plays, had another good scrambling play, this time to his right, hitting Chris Herndon outside the pocket, and the Jets just missed that so much in 2019. I think uh, the loss of Herndon more so than uh, any other injury they had to deal with besides Darnold himself uh, in those three games at the start of the season, uh, Chris Herndon, they really miss him uh, because that that classic scrambling ability we talk about with Darnold, Herndon is the guy who really unlocked that in 2018, so they miss that a lot. And just his field stretching too because Ryan Griffin is a, a solid receiving tight end, a good route runner, decent hands, but Chris Herndon just has field stretching ability, circus catch ability, uh, that we saw throughout that uh, the final 10 weeks or so of last season when he's one of the top 10 receiving tight ends. So this was a great game from Chris Herndon. He played well in this game and just overall is a nice play for Darn uh, a nice game for Darnold of uh, his consistency. Jeremy Bates actually did a pretty nice job in this game. The O-line was pretty decent. Uh, this is not a good Packers defense last year. One of the lesser de- teams in the league in terms of DVOA. So uh, a lot of things were working in Darnold's favor in this game, and he took full advantage, and that's really what he's done so well uh, throughout his first two seasons. When the team has helped him out, he's gone with the flow, not held him back at all, and just made the most of everything that's been going on uh, around him. If the protection holds up, he's going to deliver the throws he needs to deliver uh, from a clean pocket. If people are getting open, he's going to find them. So uh, that's one really positive thing with Sam Darnold, the body of work that he's put up in games where he's been uh, protected, the rest of the team has played well. The body work that he has, you know, put together in those games has been very, very strong. And if you can give him that on a consistent basis throughout an entire season, uh, you can feel confident he's going to play really, really well over the course of an entire season. So in this Packers game, he was only pressured on 21.1% of dropbacks. That is the lowest pressure rate he has taken uh, in any game throughout either of his two seasons. So again, goes to show that he didn't have to overcome that much in this game, so that's why it wasn't as great of a performance. I gave him a 59 in this game, but he did take advantage of what the Jets afforded to him. And you look at now, over the two seasons he's played in the league, uh, he's had eight games in which he's been pressured uh, fewer or less than 34% of the time, which is about league average. In those games, the Jets are 7-1. and one. They scored 29 points per game. And Darnold has a 108.3 passer rating with 8.9 yards per attempt, which is really, really good. That would lead the league most seasons. So it just goes to show you that if they help him out, he's going to take advantage. And every quarterback is better and they don't get pressured as much. But Darnold, the difference in what he does uh, in good circumstances versus bad, that has been a bigger difference than most other quarterbacks. If you keep him clean, he does better than most quarterbacks would do. Uh, in those favorable situations. But when things aren't favorable, he folds a little bit more than most other quarterbacks do, or substantially more in a lot of cases. Uh, Although he did do a much better job handling it in 2019, but overall the difference, uh, what he does under a lot of pressure, and not just the pressure, just the overall help, you know, the route running, the play calling, the way the defense plays, field position, all those things, he takes advantage of it better than most other quarterbacks do if you help him out. 
But if you don't help him out, that's kind of been the issue. He has uh, struggled to overcome it when things around him aren't working too well. But in this Green Bay game, Jets help him out as about as much as they ever had, even into 2019. And he takes full advantage and puts up one of the most productive games of his career. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Magic word here, Michael, was consistency because I think that's a big part of why Jets fans were getting so excited. This was three weeks in a row where he was consistently strong. You didn't have to worry about him making the big mistakes. You didn't have to worry about him not making the play when it was going to be there, taking advantage, as you said. And so another strong game for him here against Green Bay. I love being there in person to watch this one. This is one of my favorite games of the 2018 season. Ironic because they did lose the game, but as I said, mixed bag there because Darnold played really, really well, and they were able to hold their draft position, so the fact that they lost really wasn't necessarily a bad thing. You gave this a 59, as you said, in the game before it against the Texans, a 79. How did those two grades compare to PFF? Yeah, so PFF actually did give Darnold uh, a really good grade for this uh, for the for both of these games actually his two best grades of the season but and again like I think this Green Bay game wasn't quite as good because uh, a lot of what he had to do was really easy you know stuff that most quarterbacks will be able to execute so I think that they did overrate the Green Bay game a little bit but especially compared to the Houston game although they did give Houston a ninety point three grade which is fantastic and definitely deserving of that but. Overall, PFF did give Sam Darnold the highest grade in the league over the final four weeks of that 2018 season, which I do agree with. So good on them for that Sam Darnold praise. But I do think they overrated Green Bay a little bit. And again, just because not that Darnold was bad, but it's just when a team helps out a quarterback, his job is a lot easier. And it's just just not adding as much value if he's executing easier things. But again, still a very good performance for him against Green Bay it's hard to complain when your quarterback throws for 341 yards three touchdowns no picks and we know how misleading those stats can be but in this game even though he wasn't quite that dominant he definitely earned those numbers by taking full advantage of what the Jets afforded to him Michael the final game of the season against the Patriots is the perfect illustration to me of the disconnect between the box scores and actually watching the game and breaking it down taking a look at the film because you looked at the film and you saw a really strong performance here's the positive to negative play breakdown that you had 18 to 11 18 positive plays 11 negative plays and on top of that an overall grade of 68 you look at the box score 16 of 28 167 yards six yards per attempt 
71.6 QBR, which is relatively high, but only a 74.6 quarterback rating. And this, as I recall, was an example of a game where a quarterback can play really well, and if the players around him don't do their part, if you didn't watch the game and only look at the box score, it's going to look bad, when in reality, he did everything he could do, so his individual performance was good. It was the team that let him down, I think more so in this game than any other game in the 2018 season. Yeah, this was week 17, and uh, there were a lot of injuries for the Jets, and you know these week 17 games at Foxborough, for the Jets over the, uh, over those past few seasons uh, have not gone all too well. They lo- got blown out the year before as well. So they lose this one 38 to three. Darnold puts up uh, 16 for 28, 167 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, 75 pass rating, only six yards per attempt. Also took four sacks. So it, it looks like a really unproductive performance. The offense didn't do well. He didn't do much of anything, but he really played solid in this game. He had uh, a lot of really splashy plays in this uh, in this game against the Patriots, a team that played some of its best defense down the stretch last year, um, we saw how dominant they were uh, in the playoffs, uh, winning that Super Bowl in 2018. But uh, in this game, Darnold did play really well, I think, in spite of these stats. And this is one of the best examples uh, that come to mind for me of the box score being misleading because mm-hmm. uh, you look at the Jets quarterback that played in the same exact situation the year before, Bryce Petty. It was Week 16. Uh, it was yeah, it was Week 17 against the Patriots. Uh, in 2017, they put up almost the same exact stat line. Petty, 232 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, 73 rating. Darnold, 167, no touchdowns, no picks, 75 rating. Uh, Darnold, 6 yards per attempt, Petty, 6.4. So it looks like they played almost the exact same way, but you look at the way Petty played in that game, he had uh, little dump-off passes that were going for big yardage, wide-open throws over the middle, and he had a bunch of passes that should have been inter- intercepted. It was a really, uh, a really bad performance. Even though these stats don't look too bad, he was pretty bad in that game. Everything that he was producing wasn't some. Uh, it was usually production. He didn't have to do much of anything, and he made a lot of mistakes that were not captured by the box score. But then Darnold, on the other hand, had a lot of really good plays in this game that he didn't get credit for. He had, uh, well, he did have a 28-yard scramble in this game that was really. Really good uh, early in this game. I think that is the longest run of his career. He had a throw, a really good throw to Trenton Cannon on a wheel route out of the backfield. Tight window, drops it right in. Cannon dropped that. He had a good play scrambling out, hitting Chris Herndon. Uh, it was about a 20-yard pass. Just chucked it up to Chris Herndon on the back corner of the end zone. Puts it right on his hands in between two defenders. And it was a really tough catch. But in terms of what Darnold could make out of that play, uh, put it on the hands of Chris Herndon in a tough situation. Herndon couldn't pull that one in. Uh, that Again, that was a tough catch, but on Darnold's part, a really good play. And just throughout this game, he had a lot of plays like that. And Deontay Burnett, too, we talked about uh, in the Bears game a few a few weeks earlier uh, before he went out with the injury. He had a couple of nice throws to Deontay Burnett, and then Burnett just completely disappeared until this game against the Patriots. And Darnold had two really good throws uh, outside the numbers on corner routes to Deontay Burnett. One of them was just really impressive. He was scrambling to the right on his own goal line and hits. And also the sun in this game uh, uh, had an effect, just the shading there was at Foxborough. It happens a lot there uh, where that can have an effect, just the shadows on the field through the shadows, scrambling to his right pressure, right in his face drops one over the defender into Deontay Burnett's hands along the sideline. 
on a corner route. So his splash plays in this game, that was really the story. He had some really good high points. His average positive score in this game that I gave him was a 6.28, his highest of the rookie season. So an indictment of how uh, when he was making things happen, he was making some really good plays, overcoming pressure, tight windows. Uh, So he did a lot of nice things in this game. There are a lot of, uh, there are a very good number. If you look back through this game uh, of reps in this game where Darnold continues what he was doing the last three weeks, even though the production fell off of a cliff, the jets got blown out. He, in terms of what he was doing, independent of everything else looked like the composed quarterback that he was the previous three weeks. And we talked about how he came back and just was more, you know, just looking more comfortable out there, making smarter decisions, being more decisive, uh, just seeming. uh, And again, just comfortable uh, more than he was uh, before he was injured. And in this game, independent of the production, it really seemed like throughout this game, he was continuing that. So uh, in this Patriots game, some very positive moments that, uh, did not get captured in the box score because of drops, pressure, things like that. So a, a good performance to close out the season, and it wraps up uh, a final four-week stretch that was extremely promising heading into 2019. And this is why you can never and should never judge a quarterback based on wins and losses because this is an example of a quarterback whose individual performance was really good, but the rest of the team around him had real problems and let him down every step of the way in this game against the Patriots, which made his box score stats look bad and ended up leading to the team losing the game in convincing fashion. So I think that's a reminder of why you should never, ever judge a quarterback just based on win-loss record. Overall, the takeaway here is that Sam Darnold was up and down, up and down, but ended on a high note, so you hope that he would carry that consistency from the last few weeks over into the 2019 season because he started out with a really strong game against the Lions, although it's funny, in that particular game, his first throw was a pick six, so after that is when he was good. Then he had a stretch of bad games, then he had a stretch of good games, then he had a stretch of bad Bad games, then he got hurt, and then he came back, and he had a stretch of good games again. So, very much a roller coaster ride in 2018. Before we get to our final thoughts about this, Michael, how does your grade for this game, which was a 68, compare to what PFF gave him? Yeah, I think PFF uh, kind of went with the box score in this game, didn't give Sam Darnold uh, as good of a grade as he deserved. And after this is after the previous week, which I think they overrated him a little bit. Uh, In this game, I think they definitely underrated him too much. Like I said, I think this was a much better game than the box score. But PFF gives him a 59.8, which is pretty lackluster, would be in the bottom quarter of most weeks. Uh, So I think he's a lot better than that. But um, again, I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, sometimes you have to look through it a little bit to kind of see. And and this is just the overall story of this game, not the PFF grade. But the box score in this game is lackluster. But you look through, there are some really positive moments from Darnold in this game. So the yards after catch in this game, 75% of Darnold's yards against new England were through the air, even higher than the green Bay game, which is just a ridiculous number. So again, whenever that number is high, it doesn't necessarily mean the quarterback played well. And you know, a quarterback can get a lot of yards after catch and play really well in that game. It's not really a number that shows how well they played. It's more of a stylistic thing, but when the number is that high does show you that, they do have to shoulder again, like I said before that they just have to shoulder a lot of responsibility screen game. Either they're not going to it or it's not working or the receivers aren't creating much after the catch or the concepts they're running just aren't uh, productive to, you know, creating those routes that can give the receivers after catch opportunities. So in this game for three quarters of his yardage 
to be uh, after to be through the air. Uh, very high number just goes to show how little separation there was and how little help he got overall against New England. And the pressure rate in this game was also very high. Last week against the Packers, 21%. That was the best of his rookie season and his career to date. 45.5 against the Patriots, worst of his rookie season. So there were so many good moments in this game, even though the box score wasn't good. So uh, definitely a good finish to the season for him. What would you give him as an overall grade, Michael, if you had to take all the games in totality and grade his 2018 season the way that you graded each individual game? Yeah, so the composite score actually ended up being dead even at 50 for Darnold in his rookie season if I took everything uh, together with every single game. And it really does make sense with how up and down he was. He had a three-game stretch in the beginning of the season that was tough then two really good games and three tough games and four good games. It was a roller coaster ride, but it did end up being a 50. But for me, just independent of the grades and everything, if I were to give him a letter grade, uh, just looking at his rookie season as a whole, taking into all the context, I probably would have given him a B plus after last season because, you know, there were some really low moments, but just the way that he finished the season came back after that injury and you know, really just throughout the entire year was the youngest week one starting quarterback ever. Very, very bad supporting cast around him, but still flashed a lot of moments. And that's what you want from your rookie quarterback. Just show you that they do have the potential going forward that, you know, if you as a team can build the roster, build the organization, the coaching staff, uh, and if them as individuals, you know, the quarterback themselves can make their strides that they need to make to round out their game, that if all those things come together, the potential is there for them to have a really high ceiling. And he showed that throughout the season. And, you know, every you know, every quarterback does have, even in one game, a great throw or in one half of the season, one great game. But you do want to see some consistency overall. And that was an issue early. But that four, final four-game stretch, coming back from that injury, really rounded out this season in a good way for Darnold. Because if it ended before that Buffalo game, just after the Miami game, if he suffered that injury, never played again, it would be a, a shaky rookie season. He would only at that point have had three promising games out of the eight or out, out of the nine that he played. So that'd be a really tough spot to be. You would have seen the potential, but not quite enough to be really confident in him. But for him to come back and finish the way he did was so promising. So I think a B plus is really fair for the grade he put uh, for what he did in his rookie season, because uh, he showed a lot of potential and down the stretch of the season started to uh, string together uh, good games at a rate that you would like to see going forward. And thus concludes the 2018 season of the Sam Darnold Project. We will be back next week to begin the 2019 season, which should be a lot of fun. And it'll start off with the mono, as you know, spoiler alert. And then we'll work our way through the season. So I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, Michael, I know you got a lot of stuff going on in terms of writing and all the articles you've got up on all the numerous sites that you're contributing to. So why don't you go ahead and let everybody know what you've got cooking right now and how they can get a hold of you and view your work. Yeah, I'm tweeting out pretty much all the links to everything I do. And right now, Jets Insider, I'm doing uh, a series of free agent profiles on guys the Jets could be targeting in the offseason, specifically on the offensive line, which is my top priority in this offseason. It's such a huge need for this team. And I don't think it is possible to understate how much the Jets need to fix that unit. So I've been going through some of the free agent O-linemen there. I've already got up Connor McGovern, Bronco Center, Brandon Scherf, Jack Conklin, so a few names up already, and we'll have some more uh, in the next few weeks. So I'm really excited about that. That's been fun. I'm looking forward to free agency, specifically on the offensive line. Uh, and I've already got some profiles up at Jets Insider, more of those 
coming soon. But really everything I will be tweeting out and uh, just sharing those links with everyone. So check it all out. It's all really great. I'm putting in a lot of effort here in the offseason to put some quality stuff together throughout this dead time of the football uh, of the football calendar. So it's been a lot of fun. Every day is fun writing on the team, even if uh, watching some of these games really are not. Go ahead and read Michael's work. He's got some great stuff up there. The Connor McGovern profile was really interesting, so check that out because he can make a really nice target for the Jets in the offseason in free agency. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.